This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. This podcast is brought to you by Let'sTalkIdeas.org, your budget-friendly custom design firm in Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Trinidad and Tobago Central Bank authorizes first company to issue e-money. U.S. Virgin Islands Government Employees Retirement System files lawsuit against local power authority WAPA for failure to meet annuity obligations. 2020 census overcounted people in Puerto Rico. Silicon Valley investors to help Puerto Rico startups for first time. Global tourism conference to be held in Antigua and Barbuda early next year. And African superstar Berna Boy and Omar Lay join World Creole Music Festival 2022 lineup. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, August 18th. We start a report today in Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports that the Central Bank of Trinidad and Tobago issued a provisional registration to Paywise Limited as an electronic money e-money issuer this month. E-money can be broadly defined as an electronic store for monetary value on a technological device, including mobile phones, that may widely be used for making payments to entities other than the e-money issuer. E-money can be used for payment transactions with or without bank accounts. According to a statement from the Central Bank, the provisional registration authorizes PayWise to issue e-money in Trinidad and Tobago from September 1st. PayWise is a company incorporated in Trinidad and Tobago in 2013 and was registered as a payment service provider since 2019 by the Central Bank. PayWise will be the first company, apart from banks and non-bank financial institutions, authorized to issue e-money domestically in Trinidad and Tobago. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that the U.S. Virgin Islands Government Employees Retirement System, GERS, is suing the U.S. Virgin Islands Water and Power Authority, WAPA, for an outstanding balance of $8.9 million that it owes in employer contributions. The amount of $1.2 million more than the Government Employees Retirement System announced in April when it said it was filing legal action against the utility company. The GERS Administrator Austin Nibbs appeared before the U.S. Virgin Islands Legislature's Committee on Finance on Tuesday to give an overview on the system's operations. GRS Counsel Kathy Smith said the pension is in the initial stage of the action and have been engaging in a discovery plan between the two councils to set the deadline with the court. As of August 5, 2022, the system was also owed contributions by the local Schneider Regional Medical Center of $1.5 million and the Wong F. Luis Hospital of $2.3 million for the years 2012, 2013, and 2014. According to Mr. Nibbs, a total of $120 million had to be withdrawn from the GERS investment portfolio to cover benefit payments and expenses, which was not paid by various entities this fiscal year. GERS has recorded a $67 million deficit so far for 2022 because it is spending more than it receives in contributions. 
The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that catching a flight between the islands of St. Thomas and St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands have become frustrating as carriers continue to experience pilot separations, among other issues, resulting in a large number of cancellations. According to the Virgin Islands Port Authority, Cape Air, which as early as March provided 60 flights daily between St. Thomas, St. Croix and San Juan, Puerto Rico, has drastically reduced its operations to approximately 10 flights daily between St. Thomas, St. Croix, and San Juan. Cape Air is canceling 70% of its flights, the Port Authority made known upon request from the Virgin Islands Consortium. The reduction occurred from April 2022 to current. The Virgin Islands Port Authority said that during the COVID-19 pandemic, only San Juan, Puerto Rico flights were affected. The main reason for the cancellation, according to the Virgin Islands Port Authority, is a pilot separation, many of whom either retire or moved on to more lucrative offerings. Major airlines with deeper pockets than the smaller counterparts have been hiring employees at a rapid pace to meet post-pandemic travel demands. According to the Wall Street Journal, which cited new projections by consulting firm Oliver Winman, Global pilot demand is on track to surpass supply in 2024. The Wall Street Journal said that in North America, this point has already been crossed as the pandemic accelerated retirements and airlines are now rushing to rehire thousands of employees, which is pushing up labor costs. Oliver Winman forecasts 29,000 pilot shortage in the region by 2032. Seaborne Airlines, owned by Silver Airways, no longer provides flights at airports between St. Thomas and St. Croix, only St. Thomas to Puerto Rico and St. Croix to Puerto Rico. NBC News reports that the population of Puerto Rico was overcounted by 5.7 percent, or 174,000 people, when the Census Bureau conducted its 2020 count. The overcount came to light Tuesday after the Bureau announced it concluded a post-enumeration survey used to measure the accuracy of the census by independently surveying a sample of the population on the island. The effort is being used to inform improvements on the 2030 census. On April 2021, the Census Bureau announced Puerto Rico's population fell 11.8% to nearly 3.3 million over the past decade. But the last post-enumeration survey suggests that Puerto Rico's population may be closer to 3.1 million. Issues with duplicate records seem to have contributed to the overcount, according to the Bureau. On duplication efforts in the 50 states and Washington, D.C., often use administrative records from the IRS, Social Security Administration, the U.S. Postal Service, and the Medicare Enrollment Database to match people in different households, Kennel said. That effort ended up removing some duplicates on the U.S. mainland. The Weekly Journal reports that the Bravo Family Foundation announced 
that a recent initiative to bring Silicon Valley investors to Puerto Rico to meet local technology companies has produced significant capital raises for two startups affiliated to the organization's Rising Entrepreneur Program Business Accelerator. The foundation facilitated pitch presentations and individual meetings between select Rising Entrepreneur Program founders and several prominent U.S.-based venture capital firms. In attendance were senior investment professionals from firms including SoftBank, Salesforce Ventures, G2 Venture Partners, Amity Ventures, Lux Capital, 305 Ventures. The initiative resulted in SoftBank and 305 Ventures investing in two local startups, Raincoat and Beauty 911, with combined commitments exceeding $1 million. Beauty 911 is a marketplace and network for professionals offering in-home beauty services that has a long-term goal of expansion across Latin America and the continental United States. And Raincoat is an advisory firm specializing in scale paramedic insurance. The Rising Entrepreneur Program provides young, purpose-driven entrepreneurs with the knowledge, capital, and connections they need to successfully launch, manage, and develop a technology company in Puerto Rico and abroad. For more information on program selection criteria, key considerations, requirements, and compliances, visit bravofamilyfoundation.org. The Antigua Barbuda Observer reports that Antigua Barbuda will make history next year by hosting a major tourism conference billed as key networking event to exchange industry threads and opportunities. The Global Tourism and Hospitality Conference will be hosted by the International Transport Workers Federation and affiliate member of the Antigua Barbuda Worker Union in April 2023. The International Transport Worker Federation connects almost 700 affiliate trade unions representing nearly 20 million people from 150 countries across the world. A group of regional and international partners paid a courtesy call to Prime Minister Gaston Brown on Monday and another Labor Minister, Stedroy Benjamin, yesterday. International Transport Workers Federation Latin America and the Caribbean Regional Secretary Edgar Diaz from Panama will be spending a total of three days in Antigua walking through site tests in various hotels and meeting with local bodies representing workers. Diaz said this was a huge step in recognizing the work being done by the Antigua and Barbuda Workers Union and its display of regional leadership and solidarity in the labor movement. The Pan American Health Organization is holding a regional workshop on preparedness and response to events with pandemic and endemic potential in Buenos Aires this week. This workshop will take into account the lessons learned from COVID-19 with the aim of supporting countries in Latin America and the Caribbean to develop or update their operational plan to face future pandemics. Pan American Health Organization Director Caricia F. Ethian said, As we meet today, we continue to deal with the current COVID-19 pandemic, and at the same time, we are facing an outbreak of monkeypox in several countries. She said COVID-19 has been a formidable challenge and a stark reminder of the responsibility we all have to invest in prevention, preparedness, and response to communicable pathogen events. Dr. Ethian highlighted that as of last 
since Wednesday, there were 170 million cases and nearly 3 million deaths due to COVID-19 in the Americas. She noted that other respiratory pathogens are re-emerging and that seasonal influenza causes between 290 thousand and six hundred and fifty thousand deaths each year in the region. Our capacity to respond to health emergencies depends on what we have done before they occur and what we have learned during the previous emergencies, such as COVID-19, said the Pan American Health Director during the opening of the workshop, which brings together technical experts in epidemiology, laboratory, immunization, and risk communications from the Ministries of Health in Argentina, Bolivia, Colombia, Costa Rica, Dominican Republic, El Salvador, Guatemala, Haiti, Honduras, Nicaragua, Paraguay, and Suriname. A preparedness and response plan for events with epidemic and pandemic potential is one of the core capacities required by the international health regulations, a legally binding international convention adopted by member states of the World Health Organization to prevent and respond to public health threats that can cross borders and affect populations around the world. Functioning health systems are the foundation of health security, asserted Dr. Ethian, and it is essential to secure supply chain of vaccines, medicines, laboratory reagents, personal protective equipment, and other strategic public health goods before the next emergency occurs. The Pan American Health Organization director recalled that two centers in Argentina and Brazil were designated by the World Health Organization for future development and production of vaccines using mRNA technology, something that is expected to improve timely and equitable access to vaccines in the region and contribute to health self-sufficiency. And finally, Dominica News Online reports that the Dominica Festival Committee is assuring patrons that there will be much more to come for the 22nd edition of the World Creole Music Festival, scheduled for October 29 to 31st, and it is set to be a world-class experience, starting from the fringe events to the big show. At a breast conference, the Afrobeats superstar Burner Boy and Omale were announced as two additional artists to join the already compact lineup for the three-night festival. Addressing the ceremony, acting festival and events manager Samantha Latang made known that the Dominica Festival Committee received a total of 1,724 responses to the public survey on the lineup selection, which was lauded in April and was able to secure four out of top five most recommended artists. Marketing manager at Discover Dominica Authority, Kimberly King, also revealed that a digital campaign for the French West Indies market with special offers dedicated to the World Creole Music Festival was recently launched, including several of Dominica's top hotels and guest houses. As it pertains to access, King reported that Discover Dominica Authority has received confirmation of increased ferry services from Martinique, Guadeloupe, and St. Lucia into Dominica. 
Dominica over the festival days. She notes that there are still many flights available from across the world to Dominica as well. Last week, Jamaican artists such as reggae superstar Sizzla, Dexter Daps, Christopher Martin, as well as dance hall princess Shanisa, along with Trinidad's Patrice Roberts, who performed at the last festival in 2019, and Kes the band, who made appearances in 2018, were among the big names announced to perform at the festival. Making appearances for the Zook and Compass lovers will be former leader of Kasav Band, representing the Haitian Compass music will be Cadillac and Bejin, among others. Season tickets will be sold at the cost of $375. An early bird special of $300 and Dominica Festival Committee website ends on Sunday. Nightly tickets are also being sold for $150 EC. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. And to share information and upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, August 18th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.